Hello, and welcome to the Enlightened Awakening Podcast. A place of honest and authentic conversations. My name's Timmy. And I'm Uriel. And today we wanted to talk about something that has been quite prevalent in the last 24 to 48 hours of news cycles, which is this shooting that happened in Nashville, Tennessee yesterday, actually. And of course, every time that I hear about yet another mass shooting in the States, there's a lot of thoughts that go through my head. And it's just really saddening that this seems to be something that is becoming a mainstay in not only the news cycle, but also in the fabric of the United States. And so, Uriel, when you first heard about this most recent mass shooting, what were your initial thoughts? I mean, my reaction just to your question right now is honestly my initial thought. I was left speechless because of the tragedies that have consistently been happening down south. It's incredibly saddening. I feel for all the families that lost loved ones. I can't imagine what that's like, not knowing what it's like to have children, but let alone losing a child or even losing a loved one in such a tragic incident that I honestly believe could have been prevented to some degree. And I know we're going to get into this topic specifically a little bit today. Yeah, man. Honestly, I had a very similar initial reaction to you. It was actually my wife who brought it to my attention, and that was her reaction too. Yeah, just another mass shooting. And with how frequently these seem to be happening, it's almost to be expected that people who aren't directly impacted by it will start to become desensitized. I mean, you can only hear about so many times that somebody entered a school, killed some people, and then either took their own life or was killed by police or in very rare circumstances was taken in successfully. And that piece right there for myself, when I noticed my initial reaction and how I wasn't actually shocked, that in and of itself to me was shocking. And I wondered to myself, when did I start to view this as something that was quite commonplace. And so as I was kind of doing some research and reading what the different news outlets were printing about this incident, there was a couple of interesting differences that came to light for me anyways. The biggest one I think is the fact that this mass shooter was a woman. And statistically speaking, a very low percentage, I don't have it right in front of me here, but the, a very low percentage of mass shooters are women. It's almost always men. Another thing that was different in this situation here is the fact that this individual actually purchased many of these guns legally. In fact, I heard that she purchased seven guns and all of them were purchased legally. This person also had a history of mental health, which is something that we, or I should say a history of mental illness, which is something that actually is quite common in terms of statistically speaking, a lot of these mass shooters do have some sort of mental health history. And she was also a former student of this school. And this school actually educates students, if I remember correctly, from ages, I think, 3 to 11 or something like that. So being 28 years old, she graduated from this school a very, very long time ago. And so it begs the question, right? Like, what is the motivation behind that? And nothing that I've seen anyways has started suggesting what that could have been. But some of the preliminary reports that I've come across have said that it likely wasn't a targeted attack and that the victims weren't well the victims weren't necessarily being targeted specifically yeah just as you were talking i think i couldn't help but just tunnel vision on how this 
greatly speaks to a broad problem that is plaguing, I like to believe, the entire world. There's been a huge surge in mental health concerns for the population worldwide. And uh, it just honestly makes me sad to know that just like last week we were talking about artificial intelligence, but just how capable humans are and how advanced our species has gotten, that we exist in a world where a human right, which is our right to good health and good, I think just as humans, we have a, a right to live a good life, that these people that clearly need help are denied that help. And the world has become so greedy that other human lives are just not valuable anymore. And it's incredibly saddening because obviously in a perfect and ideal world, this person maybe received the help they needed and, you know, this tragedy would have never occurred. On that note, when it comes to mental illness, one of the things that I did read in a report was the fact that this person had no known history of homicidal or suicidal ideation. And this particular officer that was talking was saying that had that been the case, they would have used legal means to remove the guns from this individual's possession. But because the mental health concerns were of a different nature, that is why they didn't see that as being necessary. For me, the thing that's also just very chilling is that this person was able to legally purchase seven guns. And it just begs the question, why does the average 28-year-old living in Tennessee require seven guns where at least one of those was a semi-automatic rifle, something that is used typically in war zones. It's honestly, I'm sure that there'll be a lot of people down south that would have a lot of intelligent reasoning for being allowed to have semi-automatic rifles, like you said, that were used in war zones. You know, I'm not going to speak to why that was allowed because I'm a firm believer of just not needing weapons altogether. I think the world is so developed enough that that kind of lethal weapon, whether it is to practice hunting or any type of sport, there should be other parameters to maintain the safety of, of everyone outside of the utilization of those weapons and whatever hobby they're utilizing them for. I don't, I don't know that you need them at home, but I'm sure that they're, you know, with crime and you know, concerns about invasions and whatnot, maybe even wild animals, depending on where you live, you know, people have the necessity to have them in their homes. I think having weapons available regardless can lead to a lot of impulsivity, especially with somebody who is struggling with their own mental health, right? And with this particular scenario, if she had no homicidal ideation, obviously it developed and it led to this. So I think it just sucks, man. Honestly, it just, it just really sucks. Yeah. Particularly when you think about the children that lost their lives, any loss of life, of course, is tragic, but to me, it just is so sickening to think that three, nine-year-olds, somebody stared three, nine-year-olds down the barrel of a gun and saw it fit to pull the trigger. For me, that is just so confusing because I'm like, in what world are we living in where something like that is deemed all right by somebody who let's say for all intents and purposes in terms of the healthcare system this person was sane right and it's unfortunate that we're never going to be able to get those answers because of course this person is now deceased but 
that's always been the confusing part. I'd be interested to see like when was the last time they were assessed. Yeah. You know, like what does the records look like? Because there could have been like an annual check and, you know, they were stable, but a lot can happen. I mean, a lot can happen in a matter of hours, really. But I'd be interested in, in seeing that. Obviously, that's not going to be made public. But I agree, man. Like, I just think that I, I have such a hard time seeing these situations and connecting with them. Because just like you kind of pictured it perfectly in the minds of the listeners and the audience, it's how can you imagine yourself holding a gun to a child? But even just also beyond that, thinking about maybe the kids that witnessed that, the adults that witnessed that. I mean, there's a ton of lives that were impacted with that. And I was a nine-year-old kid, and you obviously would hear about that, even if you weren't a part of that school, that fear of knowing that somebody might do something like that. And every time you go to school, which is supposed to be a place where the youth get to learn and explore the world and and their creativity is completely tarnished. Yeah, it's terrified, man. And for me, thinking about the fact that I do want to have kids in the not-too-distant future, can you imagine how frightening that call would be when you hear that not only was there a mass shooting at your child's school, but your child who you saw a few hours before, because the reports were saying that the first 911 call went out at 10.13, so about three minutes after the shooting started. First thing in the morning, maybe you're at work. Maybe you're just getting settled into your day. Maybe you're in a meeting. Maybe you're still at home. And to think that that's the call that you get where somebody's informing you, I'm sorry that your child is no longer with us. Like for me, it's those moments right there. That moment when you receive that information that will forever change who you are and what you believe to be true about the safety that you thought you had, right? And the fact that that is actually nothing more than an illusion. It is so discomforting to me to think about that moment. I think that there's no right thing to say in these situations, I feel immensely for, like I said at the start of this episode, I feel immensely for the, the lives that were changed. And um, I was browsing Reddit the other day, and I actually, you know, it's, it's weird thinking about it now. I saw a post about a school, and I think it was Ohio, that had a, inside the classroom, had a smaller little, like, bulletproof box in case there was an active shooter. And I, I, I just... I was so flabbergasted that that's even a thing. And I mean, I, I I don't know if it was monetized or not, but like the companies, which is great. And I'm happy that somebody's doing something about that and trying to provide solutions to a problem that clearly does not look like it has a solution in the immediate future, which I sure hope it does. So, but just imagine this sitting in a boardroom with a bunch of business partners and being like, all right. How can we create a bulletproof cube to keep children alive while they go to school? Like, I can't, I'm flabbergasted by the thought of that. Yeah, honestly, dude, that, it's kind of like what we talked about last week about how ChatGPT has introduced all these problems that are now, people are, I shouldn't say capitalizing, but there's new problems to solve. And so people are creating AI that will allow you to detect text that is created by AI. It's the same type of idea. We have an issue where, assault style weapons and handguns are made readily available. We then need to 
come up with new solutions to protect ourselves against these readily available guns. And because at the level of legislation, there's no movement there. The National Rifle Association for decades has been very successfully lobbying, primarily it seems like Republicans, and all legislation that has been aimed at curbing some of this has been stymied in one way, shape, or form. Turns out that a little while ago, can't remember actually exactly when, but the chamber passed a law to ban assault-style weapons. However, because of the way that the rules work for passing new legislation like this, a simple majority will not do. They require at least 60 of the 100 votes that are available in the Senate. So, of course, that means that the Democrats will require support from the Republicans to do it. Well, guess what? The NRA is the organization that is helping all of these Republicans get elected and stay elected. And so those individuals have no motivation to actually do anything about this continuous poison that is costing thousands of lives every year. And to me, that's just stunning because it begs the question, at what point are the constituents going to become tired of this? You made a good reference earlier to the southern part of the United States and how they obviously are going to have a very different viewpoint when it comes to things like this. What I always hear is that good guys with guns are the only ones who can stop bad guys with guns. And there's definitely some truth to that. But yeah. we're going to have less bad guys with guns if guns are just harder to come by. It's almost too easy. I've read reports about you being able to go to a trade show and they're not doing background checks there. You just go and present whatever required documents they say that they need, and you can buy a gun right then and there. To me, that's insane. It's also insane to me that you can buy a gun, as we've referenced earlier, that has the capacity to be used in a war zone. It just seems just so backwards to me. And I think that the level that these problems need to be solved at is at the top. Having these things like these cubes, it's great that we have some sort of stopgap measure, but it's just so ridiculous that that's the point that we've gotten to. Yeah, brother. I, I even just as you were talking and, and putting it beyond that to the political point of it, that there are people in power who have been elected by the public that see all of these incidents occur. And like you said, the amount of blood that's on their hands because they continue to vote on a bill to allow access to these lethal weapons and... I'm just in absolute disbelief. The same way that I was kind of picturing this, uh, a mental idea of being in a boardroom and thinking how you're going to effectively make a business plan to create a solution to this problem. Keep children from being murdered. I, I, I just, I can't believe it, man. I, I can't believe that, that that's kind of the world we live in, that now, you know, people are okay with killing the purest form of human life, a child. That's a tough one. Yeah. It's almost depressing to think about, right? You know what's even more depressing? This actually was the 131st mass shooting in the U.S. this year. This year, man. I want to say I'm surprised. And, you know, you were talking about this earlier, about how you become desensitized by such tragic events because they happen so consistently. There's so much wrong with that. And maybe that's what's happening on a political level and maybe an individual level with people that maybe don't see the value in ridding the country with guns 
because I think shootings are always going to be a problem. But just like you said, it can be minimized by decreasing the accessibility to the means. I mean, just on a slight side note, right? Like we just had a, I believe it was a 16-year-old that killed two officers, police officers up north from us. And so, I mean, that's just an example of things that I'd never even heard of happening in Canada at all, right? That are also affecting us. It brings us back to what I was saying about the broader problem that needs to be addressed everywhere, which is provide access to mental health. That should be free to everyone. Everybody should be able to see a counselor or a therapist or a psychiatrist if their mental health is declining. It shouldn't have to wait, you know? You should be able to have immediate access to these things. And and there's so much value in it now because of the incredible surge in these issues. And I can only hope that constituents down south and even in our own home can vote for access to these things and hopefully ban guns from being accessible to people. And I hope that they can rebuild that country into a safer and perhaps even more welcoming place where everybody can drop off their kids at school and not have to worry that that might be the last time they see them. Yeah, that's the most sickening piece of that to me is that I know the way that my brain works and I don't believe that I would ever, and I don't know if anybody ever does, but it would be really difficult for me to be able to move on with my life after that. How do you? How do you, right? And it's just so insane to me that this is actually a regular occurrence. I did a little bit of digging into just how often these things are happening because of course when it's at a school or there's loss of life that include children or it's uh in a place like nashville that people consider to be a safe place that's when we get all of this reporting and it's in the news cycle for weeks and weeks did you know that there was a mass shooting in florida on march 10th there was one in washington on march 11th another one in new york on march 11th Another one on March 12th in Texas. Another one on March 13th in Texas. All of those ones I just listed, five people died. One person died, three injured. One person died, three injured. Four people died. One person died, three injured. And there was one from what I'm seeing here. Actually, there was three on the 18th, one on the 20th, two on the 21st, 23rd, 24th, four on the 25th. And then the 26th, there was four as well, 27th, two including the one in Tennessee. And I'm like, <laughs> like, how, how much more loss of life? How much more bloodshed? How many more lives need to be forever changed before those who have the ability to do something, which is the politicians, actually do something? Like, is the money you're getting and the fact that you're able to stay in power and collect that government pension, is that really worth the rationalization and the gnawing at your conscience that must be happening? Is it really worth it? I guess the NRA, they're very powerful. They must have something else over these people other than just money because it makes no logical sense how something like this could be so commonplace and yet we continue to hear about it because nothing is being done. It's just stunning to me. Yeah, it really is. I, I just don't see any other solution. Like we've talked about and we've been a bit of a broken record. I just don't see any other solution to it, really, than to rid the whole country of all publicly available weapons. And by weapons, obviously, I mean guns. And uh, to make mental health the number one priority of every government and to have public access to all that need it. Yeah, agreed, man, because the thing that you always hear is that they need to have good guys with guns to get rid of 
bad guys with guns, which I referenced earlier. But something that I think we haven't touched on that I think we definitely should before we wrap up is the response of the officers in this situation. It's quick. Quick, right? I heard that the shooting started at 10.10, call put in at 10.13. The officers arrived a few minutes after that, and four minutes after arriving at 10.24 is when the suspect was dead. To me, that is an incredible response time, and it really begs the question, in a situation like that, what could a layperson with a gun, what could they have done better? Probably nothing, in my opinion. And some people will say, yeah, you know, if there was a good person with a gun that was there, then more lives could have been saved. And yeah, we have to definitely acknowledge that. But is it really worth the risk of all these bad guys getting these guns in my head no it's such a crazy thing to say though just because you have a gun it doesn't mean you're trained into using it effectively and with good accuracy to stop inactive threat and that's why we have police officers that get trained in doing that and i'm sure there is skills and renewal of any type of course that continues to maintain their readiness to an active assailant. Mm -hmm. And to your point, I also read that some of the officers felt that the shooter actually had some training because of the way that she was able to scary, right? Accurately shoot from above while concealing herself. So you're exactly right. If this person had some sort of training, like a random person is not going to be able to match up to that, especially when this person has been planning this probably for some time, they came ready. And so it's unlikely that you as a layperson, even if you have a gun, could do much. And so, yeah, it's it's a sad thing to, to have to talk about, but that's what this place is for, right? This space that we're creating is to have these types of conversations that ain't always going to be pleasant to have, but need to be had. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's important to recognize that there's a lot going on. Obviously, it's a lot easier to do that when they're down south of you. You know, again, our hearts go out to the families of everyone that was involved in that. Yeah. Find the peace that they need. Yeah, everyone says thoughts and prayers after things like this, but it's time for us to do more than that. Anyways, thanks for joining into today's episode. You guys, we appreciate the continued support. Tune in next week, same time, same place. And if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you listen to podcasts because we are out on every platform. And so we thank you guys for joining us on this journey. Until next time. Have a good day.